Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. And I'm your host, Chris. We are the premier podcast for science fiction and science fiction adjacent media reviews. Today, it's some television, but other days, it's shorts, movies. Yep, that's the list. That's about it. <laughs> How are you doing, Chris? You know, I'm doing all right. I, uh, I've had a hectic couple weeks. Uh, yeah. Not really ready to talk about it right now, but... Um, just been had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, fam came into town, my in-laws oh. uh, last weekend. They uh, they they came they came to see my wife's play. Oh yeah, was, the play happened. Yeah, did you go? No, I didn't mm. know. A, I don't remember if you told me exactly <laughs> what it was. I don't know where it was. Yeah, if you'd let me know, I probably would have made out to. It. That's all I'm saying. Like I, Fair. I probably would have made it to if I knew when it was, but I wasn't supportive enough to look it up on my own <laughs> like that's the sweet spot of my support for elizabeth mm, i see yeah did I you see. actually have that bit part no i didn't actually end up having to be oh, I'm in sorry. it so, i'm sorry no, no, it's i know fine. you were looking for you were the scouts uh, were there i just i don't think <laughs> you were world, like this is my big break i don't think the world's ready for my acting so yeah just yeah real over the top just uh channeling my inner kg so. Your your inner your inner Kelsey Grammer, huh? Yeah, of course. You think uh, <laughs> is that how you would describe your acting? <laughs> Just like a like a homeless man's Kelsey Grammer. That's how a I homeless my man's acting. Kelsey Grammer. Like if you if Kelsey Grammer was shorter, less more, good looking. I was gonna say more attractive. He'd probably look no, like less him. less good looking. Eh. Uh, not as smart. Eh, I'm not missing. Uh, I'm not missing this part of my hair. Right here, just all the way. Yeah, to the back. I don't. I don't have the. I don't have the card just yet. So. Not yet, but uh, but yeah. Okay, I, I'm gonna. I want you to change your your Twitter handle. Poor man's KG. <laughs> homeless um, man. A homeless. Homeless. Man's homeless KG. man. Sorry. Homeless man's. KG. An unhoused man's KG. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the Twitter handle. A KG. If he was a vagrant. KG. <laughs> Are we saying the word vagrant? I don't even know anymore. What do you all, mean, I, no. all I know is where we live. You're a vagrant if you <laughs> don't have your ID and less than fifty dollars on you. It's true. I always I have my ID, so yeah. whether or not I have money, I guess, is irrelevant. Yeah. Long, quick quick aside, I once almost got charged with being a vagrant because I didn't have what? my driver's license and I was running around downtown. Uh, I wouldn't say causing a ruckus. I was just you know acting a fool with some of my friends. Yeah, and, um, I'm guessing I, this was I, about mm, fifteen years ago. It might have been recently. No, 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 no. no it, was, it was in the early. It was in the early I was, aughts. I was forty years old. Yeah, uh, no, on my was, skateboard. It was the, the sign early... that said "No skateboarding" by the courthouse. Yeah, and I just I'm not going to pay attention to those rules. No, yeah. I just I didn't have my wallet because I didn't. Sure, I didn't, there wasn't a reason for me to carry it, and the and the, the cop was. He's like, you know that I could totally charge you being a vagrant. And I was like, oh, what's that entail? He's like, oh, it's a five hundred dollar fine. And I was like, you know how you so, respond to that, right? So you know, you could totally. You're right, officer. You could totally be an asshole right now <laughs> if you wanted to. You have that power. Well, it just didn't make any sense to me. Like, why would I have to pay a fine if I don't have any money? Oh yeah, so many lo- like well, I, you know, this isn't the podcast. We should have a separate <laughs> podcast where we talk about injustices uh, and about. Um, that's this is just a tax for being poor. That's all that is. Speaking That's of injustice. Speaking of injustice. The Dune 2 full trailer came out. Did you I watch haven't even, it? No. Hmm. Not even. Not even. <laughs> I see. 
you know, maybe I will. You know what? Actually, you know what we'll do? This will be good pod. <laughs> I'm just going to watch it right now. I'm going to watch it right now. I'm, I'm assuming it's on the YouTube, yeah? Uh, it might be. Let's see. Dune 2 trailer. How long is it? Two and a half minutes. Oh, wait. Okay. Here's this one. That's a minute 22. Is there more than one? I'm going to watch the teaser trailer. It's 56 seconds. How's that? Okay. I'm going to go to Warner Brothers. I'm going to make sure I get it from the official source. Then we're going to search. Dune. I hate when like, uh, nope, it's just this. This is the only trailer posted by Warner Brothers. So I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I know you don't have any audio, but Chris is watching me watch this. I'm actually not watching you watch it. Oh. <laughs> okay. November 3rd, huh? All right. Yeah, November 3rd. Good. Here's my commitment to you, Chris, and to the viewers slash listeners slash fans and the wise guys out there. If that movie is exactly two hours or less, we will watch and review it. <laughs> it's not going to be. <laughs> if it's more than that, uh, I'll have to lose a bet. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, that's good. Speaking of movies. Speaking of movies, this uh, this episode we're, we're obviously we're recording this in the future, uh, but this episode uh, is releasing on June fifth, which means I just got back not just now but in podcast time I just got back from Salt Lake, Utah, filming my bit on Mythica six. Do we have a title yet? Mythica, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been called Myth- Mythica Stormbound. Mm. Okay. The whole time. I've been calling it Mythica 6 as just a, a shortening. S- I'm the only one who's been calling it that. Six Sixtha. Six Sixtha? Yes. Sixtha. <laughs> Anyways. Sixtha so, sounds like a villain, like a snake villain. Sixtha. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. No, no. So I would have just got done visiting the set and doing all of that. You did body so. number two, right? Is that your... Uh, no. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. So I actually... They emailed me. I had a couple options. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I don't want to talk about it right now, but one of the options was dead body. There was another option, which I chose. We'll see. We'll see if that actually works out. Um, obviously, you, it all just depends on... Do you get stabbed by somebody? <laughs> I'm not spoiling this movie for you. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna have to spend some money to watch it, Christopher. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, so uh, so you missed out on your chance to be in a movie, and I'm a play. Eh. You know, you missed those talent eh. and the agencies that were out there eh. scoping us out here. <laughs> Small West Texas play, but I'll be in the big. I'll be in the big times, bro. All right, in, a, in an independent film with where I don't talk because I'm an extra and I don't have my SAG <laughs> card. Um, <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, that trailer looked incredibly boring. Um, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm glad you didn't have to be in that play. I know you didn't want to, and I'm excited that I'm gonna get to do my thing. Uh, and, and you know, and it's near Salt Lake City, so get to visit some family and whatnot while I'm there. It'll be a nice little couple days. What a cold Let's, open! <laughs> yeah, what a cold open. We were all over the place. We actually haven't recorded in a while. We banked a bunch of episodes, uh, and then we. And then we were yeah. going to release them all. And then instead, we decided to do a month of D&D coverage and then still have a bunch of banked episodes. So this is coming out like three. We're like three weeks ahead right now. Not so, bad. I don't know. I don't know how math works. Uh, it's uh, the base, the most basic of math. It's counting. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. Linear yeah, time. No, because the hexagons understand. are different sizes. I get it. I get yeah. it. No, didn't I measure them out right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't measure I do, them. They, they came from Amazon like that. <laughs> 
Somebody also <laughs> yeah. didn't know how to count, I guess. <laughs> Some poor guy in China who's making... Did it come from China? Did probably. You, I mean, you should look into it. He's probably making a dollar a week, and we're just why don't shit. Could you do me a favor, Chris? Sizes. Actually, real quick, could you do mm. me a favor? Could you tell the people what we watched? We watched the 2023 British supernatural detective thriller television series developed by Joe Cornish for Netflix, based on Jonathan Stroud's book of the series of the same name, Lockwood and Co. Yeah, Lockwood and Co. Didn't Lockwood realize Co. it was based on a book series. Until the credits started rolling, so yeah, same, same. Did you uh, did you watch the credits or did you skip the intro? No, I watched. Oh, the no, sorry, did you watch the intro? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. a lot of information in the intro. It's interesting. Um, well, I mean, we guess we can get to it in a bit, but interesting uh, info dump in the uh, in the intro. Uh, let me give you a blurb real quick, and then we'll jump into your your thoughts and opinions here. As it reads on IMDb. A tiny startup run by two teenage boys and a newly arrived, supremely psychically gifted girl. A renegade trio destined to unravel a mystery that will change the course of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is something I chose. We can get into how I chose it uh, when I get to my bit. So I'll give you the floor, Chris. Give us your thoughts, opinions. Oh, and I guess I should say before beforehand, for anyone who's new to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast, uh, when we watch television, typically we only watch and review the pilot episode, which is what we did today. Uh, so this isn't a, a full season review. We're just talking about the first episode. Well, before I get my initial thoughts and opinions, I'm going to fact you. Oh, are we doing... So we remember we mixed it up. We were going to do facts last. Uh, I mean, that was... I didn't know that was going to be a permanent change. Oh, I thought it was. Oh. Well, I'm we don't have to. Me, I'm going to give them anyways. Uh, 7.4 out of 10 stars based on 20,000 ratings on IMDb. Median score of... Oh, they changed this. Oh, gosh. Oh, median no. score of 8. No, I'm looking at the new IMDb. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, median score of 8. Yeah. That's not too bad. This first episode has an average score of 7.4. Mm. Which, okay. if we briefly look at the rest of the series, it is actually tied for lowest rating okay. in the season. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, based on, ooh, 13 reviews, 92% fresh, with a 94% audience score based on 500 ratings. Critics Consensus, a paranormal procedural steered by writer-producer Joe Cornish's usual deft hand, Lockwood & Co. is a fun-filled adventure carried off with sprightly charm. Mm. We'll see. Hmm. And then uh, 94% of Google users like this TV show. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just going to skip Metacritic today. I mean, I, we can. Our second least favorite. Metascore, <laughs> 78. Generally favorable. User score, 9.1. Universal acclaim. <laughs> All nine people. So, <laughs> my last thing, um, before giving my, my initial thoughts and opinions, it's Joe Cornish. I didn't know who that was. I looked him Not up really. earlier. This, okay. uh, earlier today. Um, wrote the Adam and Joe show. Okay. I don't know if you know what that is. Mm-mm. It was on. Um, uh, no, I'm, I'll, I'll see you have a different show. I was thinking about that Cartoon Network Adult Swim show. Tim and yeah, Eric. I think that's, that's what I'm thinking. Of. Tim you're and thinking Eric. of yeah. Tim and Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but this guy's got some stuff. He made a cameo in Star Wars: The Last Jedi. It's pretty cool. Didn't we all? Yeah. He wrote. He's writer of Adventures of Tintin, Attack of the Block, Ant Man. I thought that was pretty neat. He also the kid who would be king, um, and he was in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz as well. Pretty neat. Zombie shot by soldiers. What a great so uncredited role. 
So this is his first foray into television, really, aside from having his own pop culture thing. But I mean, as a sketch TV show, whatever. Sure. I found this show intriguing in a lot of ways. Um, I wasn't necessarily in love with the way the pilot episode is presented as a pseudo flashback. Mm hmm. Uh, our, our 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 female lead here, uh, Lucy Carlyle, played by uh, Ruby Stokes. <laughs> what a name! Wow, no, you just, of all people. No, no, it's just a strong name, Ruby Stokes. Uh, no, it's just this is what a name. I think she's pretty good. Uh, I I found her to be a fascinating and interesting character on the surface at the beginning. She and Cameron Chapman, who plays Anthony Lockwood of the eponymous Lockwood and Company, approach a woman, and we don't really know what's going on because this is just flat out into the show, right? Yeah. She keeps talking about how, like, kids, you know, I feel sorry for you kids. You know, when I was your age, I was out and about doing whatever curfew. You're like, what's going on? Um, They're talking about, like, different plans, contingencies, all that stuff. And then they see a ghost. Hmm. (laughs) Okay, cool. Now, I say all that to say, I didn't read the description of the show at all. You told me about it, and I just put it on and started watching it. I don't, I didn't know anything about it. It's one of the few times that I didn't actually read the description of the show before I started it. I think I'd passed it on Netflix once or twice, just scrolling through, looking at things. Sure. I didn't know anything about it. So the ghost shows up, and I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> kind of spooky. And then we get the flashback. Or is it a flashback? Is it a flash in? I don't know. It's a flashback. We get um, pretty much her origin story, her superhero origin story, which I thought was really f***ed up. <laughs> like, it's real messed up. Everything yeah. about it is just awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, her mom's a, a, a real piece of work. Her old boss, like, just straight up throws her under the, the, the lorry, right? That, that's the that oh, that term. <laughs> would that be yeah. it, right? Yeah. But lies in, you know, in a, in a courtroom. I'm pretty sure that's some sort of felony anywhere. I mean, uh, is yeah. it like, I, I, British? Don't, I don't understand how English law works. I know they got those dudes with the funny wigs. I didn't see a lot of funny wigs, but, um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't lie in a deposition anywhere. You know, that's just me. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cardassia. <laughs> I know they expect you to lie. They want you to lie in the in yeah. the, in they the fed you script. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, I, like I said, at first I would, like I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Uh, what's going on? Flashback, really? And then we get her entire everything, everything up until the point. Really, I thought it was really fascinating and kind of neat and interesting way to tell a story. I tell you, I don't like George flat out, okay. played by Ali Haji Heshmati. I uh. I like when it like quirky characters who are quirky for the sake of being quirky kind of annoy me. Sure. Much in the same way that characters who are like, I'm broken. So I have to behave like a complete tool <laughs> and I, and I don't have to abide by society's standings. Like, the, like they, they remind you too much of yourself. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I, <laughs> I don't follow the rules at all. <laughs> That's me. Good old rule breaker. Getting, uh, <laughs> getting arrested for vagrancy <laughs> in Almost. your 30s. Almost. Yeah. In, my, in my, my early 20s, my early, my early 20s. But yeah, no, I, uh, for the most part, I thought the show was a pretty interesting take. The intro you mentioned, we get the info dump much in the same way that, um, Code 8. I got a big Code 8 vibes. Sure. Where they were like, hey, this is a really complicated setup. <laughs> we could spend 10 minutes of exposition on it. Yeah. But instead, 
Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get a bunch of news clipper, uh, newspaper clippings that we're just going to just show them on the screen. Uh, all in all, initial thoughts and opinions, positive. Uh, the fact that the first episode ended on a cliffhanger is annoying. Um, I don't know if I'll watch the second episode so soon. Sure. Uh, mostly because the wife and I are finishing up Shadow and Bone season two, which yeah. last episode tonight. So. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I was, um, I found this, I was scrolling through Netflix, trying to find a new show, not for the podcast before, just for us to watch. And I was just watching, like, you know, when you, you hover over something in Netflix or you select something on Netflix, uh, it shows like a random like sometimes it shows a trailer, but a lot of times it just shows a random scene, right? Sure. Which I find annoying because most of the time that doesn't tell you anything about the show or movie you're trying to watch. The random scene it shows from episode one of Lockwood and Co. is the scene where she first gets to Lockwood and Co. Where she knocks on the door and George greets her. And then it goes into right before like her test or whatever. So like just all those three characters kind of initial interactions with each other. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. It's British. It's only eight episodes. Uh, I, I did end up watching a trailer, which I don't remember at all. Um, but you you mentioned kind of the uh, the episode starts in media res. It starts without any explanation. They have, uh, was it rapiers? They're yeah. walking along the road. There's suddenly ghosts, right? There's all this. And then it flashbacks. It was really interesting when we watched it because we had seen the one scene, which is near the end of the flashback. So we watched that scene in the preview on Netflix, and then it skipped forward and started in media res when we actually watched the show. And then it skipped back, and then it caught up slowly. So watching this first episode was a little weird. And I don't, I understand why they did it. Like starting in media res and showing a lot of things instead of telling is an excellent idea. Uh, it shows us they're in a, we're in a different type of place. They're kids. Because you know, you never know, especially with this young adult stuff. Are they supposed to be teenagers? Are they supposed to be in their twenties? Uh, but she acknowledges she like the old lady that their their client at the beginning asked them like, "Oh, where's the adults?" Okay, so these are supposed to be teenagers. There's there's ghosts. They're talking about some of the rules of stuff. There's a curfew, like you mentioned. They're they're dropping a lot of things. And I think if they had started with her origin story instead, we would have already gotten all that. So I liked I liked the way they did it, even if it did feel a little weird because of the flashback and then catch up and then the cliff like you said cliffhanger ending where they literally mm-hmm. jump out of a building and doesn't even show them hit the ground right i enjoy kind of the is it i don't know is it british humor the british kind of sarcasm that they have amongst each other the, the small remarks the little little in jokes um it's just a little bit different i think our actors do a fantastic job the ghost effects are really really cool like really cool and, and legitimately like not scary in the, like a horror movie. This is, I think, TV 14. So it's not, you know, there's not like a ton of gore or anything like that. It's just they're ghosts and they're, there's a lot of, they're popping up. You mentioned that her former employer, Mr. Jacobs, throws her under the bus for an incident that killed four of her friends that, that work with her. The scene where they're all getting killed, even though you, it's kind of off, off screen, they're not, we don't see them die, but the like collection of ghosts, I guess, and skulls, kind of coming out of the uh the mine and warping on each other it was it was uh it's intense it's very very intense do we want to do we want to take a beat and kind of set up the premise for this show for this series i guess um feel feel free we've kind of dropped some uh some hints along the way but i guess the the basic idea in a nutshell is that ghosts exist 
or they suddenly existed about 50 years ago. The newspaper clippings in the intro say 50 years on or what have you. They call them visitors. And if a ghost touches you, you die. It seems uh, from the first episode, iron and silver seem to block them or keep them from haunting or what have you. They only come out at night. That's why there's a curfew. And kids can be sensitive to seeing them or or hearing or being able to um, sense them in some way, which is why... Uh, her mom essentially sells her. It's yeah. not, it's essentially, it's not quite selling. She has a, she's employed at the age of 13 against her will and her money goes to her mother uh, in order to, to learn all of the tricks of the trade. If yeah, you it's will. called uh, indentured servitude. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> AKA slavery. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's borderline. Like there's a, there's no commitment for her to stay. She could quit or her mother could let her quit, but it, she can't because she's a minor and her mother is putting her in these dangerous situations. Like I said, her mother is a piece of work for so sure. If, if something is barely slavery, mm. it's slavery. Well, the dif- <laughs> I guess the difference is, is that it's her mother making her do it. And like you're, you're like your parent making you do chores isn't slavery, but this is a step beyond that, I guess. I, I don't know. Mm. I'm not, I don't want we're getting into semantics. We're getting into semantics. Slavery. Um, this is what but that's is. the world we're in. That's the the kind of idea, and it uh, and it goes from there. I think it's very well shot. <laughs> I liked the little tricks they did with uh, Ruby Stokes to make her look young because she she's I don't know sixteen or seventeen I guess. But in the flashback she's thirteen, and they just they give her bangs. They make her bangs shorter, her hair longer. They give her braces for part of the flashback just to make like they do all these little tricks to make her look younger. I, I really I really really liked that. She was a magician. Say what? She was in Bridgerton. Yeah, she was. It's pretty cool. I agree with your initial assessment of George. He's kind of off-putting and a little annoying because, like, like you said, quirky, uh, quirky characters for the sake of being quirky are are annoying. It's the I would blame this on Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Like everything, every quirky character since then feels like him. But but this is based off of uh, some young adult novels, so I'm not gonna like. I'm sure that he's based off that character um, since that the author seems to have been involved with the production. And less just new TV tropes, as it as it were. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it. I I liked it. Cat liked it. I did end up watching the rest of the show before I even recommended it to you. We watched Pro- it over the course of like uh, a long Pro- weekend. The cardinal rule. Yeah. Well, we weren't looking for anything to watch, <laughs> and then it was like when we were, I was like, well, I just watched this, and I I got I think that y'all would enjoy it. It's a little young adult, but it's a mystery. Really, the whole first episode is just setting up the characters. It. Uh, no, I think it does well. Plus, the the intro theme song goes hard. It's really good. The whole soundtrack is is actually really really good. A lot of like post punk, and then the uh, the main theme is from a band called Bad Bad Not Good. It's called uh, Can't Leave the Night, which is it's a little older, but it's just a nice. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it, what genre of music this would be. <laughs> I have no clue. It's kind of drum and bass, but it's electronic. I Honestly, didn't... like I watched eight. I watched all eight episodes over the course of four or five days and never skipped the intro. Fair enough. Not a single time. It is in my liked song list on Spotify. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I did not. I don't remember it. So. Okay. Well, re-listen. It's dope. <laughs> it's uh, it's real nice. So I guess overall, yeah, I think we're, like, I really liked it. I will say that it's probably the weakest episode in season one. Hmm. Interesting. I think out of all the, the young adult things that I've watched, like, it's hard to really. It's really hard to disagree with the Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes scores. Like it really just is. Yeah. Not that I always believe them. No. But no, it's just uh, it was an interesting show. 
I mean, the the longest episode is this first episode at 49 minutes. Yeah. Shortest one's at 37. It's not a huge time investment. It's only eight episodes. And if you skip credits, you're cutting down time. Like the end credits, you're cutting down time. I'd like to 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 derail us for just a second. Oh, I I know you would. Did you did we have half of the young adult things growing up that that we have now? Like and it, 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 not saying that we didn't have television and movies aimed specifically at us, right? Like that sure. that's not that's not what I mean. Yeah. Maybe it's just the proliferation of the young adult novel cuz like when when I was when I was a kid I was given the new Hardy Boys books. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But there wasn't there wasn't a Hardy Boys show, right? Like no, there I, there, I, I, I cannot I cannot remember outside of like some Nickelodeon things like sure. all that. Yeah. I was about to, I was about to mention Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were I mean, basically the only people doing it. You had Disney Channel, but Disney Channel was much younger than young adult. Like they would sometimes get into the 13-year-old range, but really like the there was n- little to no media for a 14 to tw- like it was aimed to 14 to 20 year olds yeah like right? like yeah. after like if it was like you're 15 just mm-hmm. go watch a rated r movie essentially <laughs> yeah like yeah i mean essentially it was uh, here you go and so i wonder like uh, like young adult novels are their own like huge it, it, well i don't want to use the word meme because i think it's out of context but it's like its own genre now like yeah um, it's got a whole section at barnes and noble young adult to borrow a video game analogy there was a time where like it, it, like in the 90s there was doom mm-hmm. and then everything was a doom clone yeah. and then first person shooters kind of like splintered off and you have things like immersive sims and you got quick twitch and then you've got um other games well sure. there's a there's a big renaissance now and i think they call them boomer shooters yeah where like yeah. you you like it like it they're hearkening back to that doom like feeling like they're trying to recreate that magic. And there was a, there was a couple of them, but now there's, they're everywhere. Yeah. They're all over the place. Right. And I think, I feel like that's what young adult novels and shows and movies, not that I'm complaining in any way. There's just so many of them. (laughs) There's two things really people our age are now and have been for the last five years or so. And will continue for the next decade or so. But people in our age group are finally in positions of creative power. And so the things they liked when they were kids, whether it's video games, right? Doom. There's like three or four new JRPGs that are homages to Chrono Trigger, right? Like the stuff from the early 90s, the early mid 90s that was like our stuff when we were kids, which was, in all honesty, way above our heads because there wasn't really anything. It was either like kid, kid stuff. It was either Mario or Doom. There was very little in between, right? Right. But no, we're in the creative power. And I, there's, so there's that. I think that it, a lot of it's that. We read those, you mentioned young adult books. Like I remember reading Goosebumps as a kid. I would call that young adult, right? I, I don't, I feel like it's earlier than young adult. I remember reading those books when I was like in sixth grade. Yeah, but I mean that they're, but they're eight, they're, yeah, maybe they are a little bit younger. I'm trying to go through um, Jedi Academy or the Young Jedi Knight series, uh, the Animorph books. Like basically scholastic book fairs, but I was always a little bit of a, I read more. So I was always reading a little bit above. Um, but I remember reading that and then reading Tom Clancy, right? Like two completely different ends of the spectrum. Right. Kind of washing over this. But the, the thing that we're not acknowledging or haven't acknowledged yet is Harry Potter. Harry Let's Potter see. was so popular. Like it broke the mold. Like it is, a, they're young adult books. They're books aimed for 
kids, preteens and teenagers, right? But between how popular the books were and the movies, they it just boomed. So that's where you're getting like recognition for young adult books. Like uh, what's that uh what's that series of books? Percy Jackson where it's like the Greek gods or whatever and they did a movie. They're about to do a uh they did a maybe did they do two movies? Maybe they just did one. I don't know. It was not, it was or whatever, but they're doing a TV show based on it. I mean, Artemis Fowl, right? As trash as that movie was, it's based on books that are, that are lauded. They're supposed to be pretty unique and different. So it's a combination of this is the stuff I liked as a kid that I was finally able to read. And now I'm in a position to do something with it, but also that Harry Potter audience, where is it? Right. So I think people are chasing um, it. Laura Ingalls Wilder's Little House series. Yeah. Published in the 1930s is widely considered in the 20th century to be the first genre aimed towards, like books in a genre aimed towards adolescence. I could see that, yeah. The Heinlein Juveniles are science fiction novels written by Robert A. Heinlein for Scribner's Young Adult line beginning with Rocket Ship Galileo in 1947. Okay. That's pretty neat. Uh, Starship Troopers. (laughs) Is that actually is is targeted towards teenage boys, which... Still I mean, is, yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting. <laughs> it's a pretty interesting book. It's be been better. on my list to read for a long, long time. I, I need to just get to it. Catcher in the Rye, sure. In the fifties, okay. A Wrinkle in Time, which was a became a movie, yeah. A couple, maybe more than once, yeah. I, I feel like they tried to make that movie most recently, and it didn't do well. I just remember them ha- them banning the book because of the cover at one point. They removed it from our school library. Let's see. The Outsiders in the 60s. That's pretty dark. Yeah, I remember reading that. Uh, let's see. There's a couple other ones here I'm not really going to go through. But um, in the 80s, this is directly from Wikipedia. In the 80s, young adult literature began pushing the envelope in terms of the subject matter that was considered appropriate for the audience books dealings with topics such as rape, suicide, parental death, and murder, which had previously been deemed taboo, saw critical and commercial success, Mm. along with a strong revived interest in the romance novel, including the young adult romance. Um, And then it goes on to say that 1997, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So I think that the young adult books were always there, but I think that, um, I I mean, I I won't disagree, and had you not brought up um, that book series, I probably would have mentioned it, but yeah, like I just, I remember being a little kid, um, and I've told the story before. I think the, like the first science fiction book my uncle ever, or that I ever read was a novel my uncle g- gave me where the, the sun dies. Yeah. Like the sun dies and uh, like, and everyone's like, you know, packed into these spaceships that are, that are built to, to cost. <laughs> so they're like falling apart as they're leaving earth. <laughs> and it's just like real dystopian look at how like society and, and how capitalism is going to kill us all at the end. And I, and like it, I wouldn't say traumatizing, but it definitely would, gave me an existential crisis, you know, at 13. Yeah. Right. But now like, and I'm not complaining. I think it's really neat how, you know, we talked about those dragon. We, when we watched the, the dragon Lance movie. Yeah. Like, did you, did you start reading any of those books? I have them. I'm, I got, I'm okay. finishing a couple other books before I get to them, but like they're sitting like, back there. Yeah. The, the first one, I remember reading that at a very young age, like mm-hmm. probably like 11, 12, 13. And it's not that it's inappropriate, but they're like, there's death. I wouldn't consider it strong sexual content, but you watched the movie. <laughs> yeah, I did. There's some inappropriateness. Sure. Like, but that's not a young adult novel. That's no. a novel aimed at like, you know, adults, like people of cognitive ages. 
And I just think it's really cool. I think it's just I think it's just really cool that in the year 2023, like they're just pumping these things out, like shows based on books that came out however many years ago. Because this book series came out in 2013, so a 10-year development cycle, you know, from start to finish. I talked about Shadow and Bone the other day. Um, or just Earlier. a few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, those books came out in 2012. Give them some breathing room and then, and then going for it. I think, it's, I think it's really cool. Like, it's just, it's so funny though, how it's just like, and, and it, a lot of it could definitely be just how the media industry has changed. Cause when we were little, I don't say little, when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Like if you wanted to watch new stuff, you had to, you had a deal. You had to like go on the. Do you know the TV Guide channel? And yeah. Just sit there and just wait for watch. it to rotate. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, well, that's cool. I don't want to watch any of this crap. I'll just go put on Chrono Trigger. But now, and and I'm not. This isn't me. I'm not bagging on the younger generations because you know every generation gets better. Mm-hmm. But like the ability for them to just pop open Netflix and it's like cool. Those people look my age and they're doing stuff that I'm. I like ghosts. Sure. You know, I'm sure. going to watch this show. Like, I just think that's really neat. I think it's cool. It and then you make cool. Artemis Fowl and it just ruins everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, they like that. I think that just goes to show that you have to have somebody who understands the source material. <laughs> I mean, that, that applies to not just young adult stuff, right? That applies to anything Amazon Prime puts out, essentially. <laughs> hey, that Warhammer show is supposed to be pretty good. We'll see. Maybe. And then uh, Fallout. We're getting Fallout, an Amazon Fallout show. Yeah. It took paramount three or four maybe five seasons of of new star trek to finally get it um and release something that was good like from the get-go so i mean i think i don't know it creativity the creative process i should say is varied and a lot of people want to do a lot of different things and a lot of people have a lot of different ideas and not all of them are going to be good going back to percy jackson movie it was fun it wasn't great compared to the novels but we're going to get a tv show out of it and that's i'm looking forward to that and i think a lot of these like there's this lockwood and co series there's five books and a short story and the season one goes over two out of the five books I'm down for that. Let's just let's just get through it. Like let's not add on to it. If they do a season two or a season three, let's wrap up the whole series. Let's have a complete package. I mean, obviously, I've, I'm going to recommend this show. I've already said I watched the whole thing. It, I think it only gets better as it goes. The mystery is very interesting. You said you're not going to watch it right away. At least, is this something that you're going to put on your your back burner to bring forward? Are you going to share it with? I mean, I'll definitely tell eBay about it. Yeah, I'm sure she'll love it. So yeah, I like the acting. I don't know any of the people in this this show whatsoever. Uh, you mentioned that Ruby Stokes was in Bridgerton, which is something I have not watched. She's also in Dusk. Uh, yep. It's a was, game. From, it's a boomer shooter from 2018. Oh, is it? <laughs> Looking through at camera ch- Cameron Chapman, who plays the, uh, the titular Lockwood. Yeah, he has one credit this series. I, I was not expecting that. On all honesty, not expecting that at all. Uh, she's 22. He's also 20. He's 21. 20, excuse me. He's 20 because his birthday's late in the year. Ali Haji Hishmati has four credits. Four credits, all like starting in 2020. A lot of television. It doesn't give his uh, it doesn't give his age, but I'm guessing it's roughly the same. I suspect Jacobs is probably our most accomplished actor from the first episode. Let's see. Andrew Woodall. He's in one episode. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 59 credits. There you go. Oh, he was in Solo. 
a Star Wars story. Oh, 2018. good. He was an Imperial recruitment officer. Good. Probably uh, the second best new Star Trek movie or Star Wars movie. Uh, let's see. Johnny English Reborn. Yeah, I'll give you that. I had to think about it for a moment. <laughs> I was in The Count of Monte Cristo. That's red. Great film. That's a great flick. Oh, it's so good. I kind of want to watch You know what? It I'm going to watch it tonight. It was a great movie. <laughs> uh, Guy Pierce, man. Yeah. Some of the adult actors have, have a little bit longer uh, rap sheets here. I guess that's something to bring up. Like you, you mentioned that um, get, like the whole like flashback and then kind of come forward or this. First, they, they don't do that again. Every episode from here on out is told in order. They did that for the introduction and they never touched it again, which is, uh, which is cool. nice. I, I do like, I'm not going to spoil any plot points, but just some of the world building is really, really well done. They never, besides like the newspaper clippings that is that are the same in every intro, there's no real exposition. There, there's like some banter between characters and you're like, oh, okay, this. Like uh, there's an episode where there's um, like a grave digger because the the problem like ghosts and whatnot are, they've only been showing it for the last 50 years but there are graves that are much older than that and they're like having to go through them and make sure and like cleanse cemeteries in london to make sure that people aren't gonna get haunted and murdered and it's like oh okay like it slowly reveals more and more things about the world where you're like yeah okay no this all of this makes logical sense like if this is the premise all of these other things would follow and i, I really really enjoy the way that they did that what do they call it the event the problem the problem yeah. yeah the problem i'm not sure they don't know how it happened or anything like that and i'm sure that that's something they get into that's probably the most british thing about the show <laughs> it's not their <laughs> accents uh, no 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 because like you mentioned earlier like you know you you like british humor um or the the dryness or whatever yeah i love the dryness. Uh, I, I i think what you're really describing is just snark mm, good word good word the idea that hey this is a problem <laughs> well, there it we'll is it like, problem. That's exactly i like it uh is, yeah. i do you know i do browse our casual uk sometimes and try to understand what in the heck is happening I still don't understand beans and toast, but you know, I'll get there no, one day. I'm sure it's they're, delicious. They're they're English. They don't know what they're doing anyways. <laughs> the food was so bad in England that they formed an empire all around the world to bring spice yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Um, did you want to uh give your <laughs> do we wanna uh, go ahead and say who the idiot of the pilot episode was? I mean, it's like running away, it's the guy that makes Lucy leave the mine. Right, like okay. I don't, I don't remember that guy's name. It, it was either Abraham, Paul, Terry, or um, oh, like her friend who says, "Save yourself, close the doors." No, no. Well, yeah, him because she's like, <clears throat> I don't think that's a level one. And he's like, no, just go get more equipment. Mm. And she's like, no, I really think that we should go get Mister Jacobs. Gotcha. He's just like, no, leave. And gotcha. she's like, okay. And then, um, and then he they dies. all died. I, I was thinking you were talking about the scene after that where he dies. And I was like, no, well, let's talk about oh, the scene no, beforehand. I mean, yeah. No, no, no. He was definitely like trying to do a heroic, like I got myself there into this There might be some books. Thing. Yeah. Or not yeah, some books. Like, like, like there might be some, uh, he might be following some sort of guide that we don't know about. Yeah. yeah. Who, who knows? Like, I mean, also, since we are watching an adaptation, like maybe right. that scene plays out differently. Oh, maybe. And he, he does the thing that he, he does the thing that he does for a very specific reason. I don't know. All yeah. I know is the new employee... <laughs> That they brought on, who's is extraordinary, extraordinarily at, gifted, yeah, at the ability to listen, and is like, mm, 
think we should go in there. And then you're just straight up like, I'm just going to ignore that advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, he does send her for help. Equipment. It's like a nice little like medium, right? He just tries no, to compromise. No, but that's not the way that works though. He's, yeah. he's like, he just tells her to leave. He's like, go get, he's like, just go get the equipment from Mr. Jacobs. Yeah. Like, like, is it, well, we'll lose the ghost. Well, you lost your lives. So, I mean, which one really... And, they, and she didn't get any equipment, if we're yeah. being completely uh, So, I don't know. I mean, here. like, in my opinion, it's him, but okay. it's definitely Mr. Jacobs. Oh, it's... Ja- I was surprised <laughs> you said anyone but Jacobs. Yeah, no, it's clearly Jacobs, but for me, it's that guy, whoever his name, whatever his name Maybe, is. Maybe, like, it's it's a... Like, for me, it's tied between Jacobs and her mother, because they're just horrible people. It is just... The auditor just takes whatever he says at face value. She's a child. They're treating her as a ch- Like... They're putting her, like, there's a monument in the middle of the city to all the children that have died defending the city from ghosts, but they still treat her like a child, like a hysterical young girl. And it's, it's extreme. All those whole, all those things were extremely frustrating. Yeah. Just, mm. I do want to, I want to give a special, like, shout out, like a, we're going to make the the wise guy of the episode, if you will, is, in my opinion, Nori White played by one Lily Newmark, her friend at the agency, who ends up getting, I think they called it Ghost Locked. Yeah, um, yeah Ghost Locked. She's basically in a coma. Um, she survives the deadly encounter with the ghost that killed the rest of the crew. However, she's in a coma because of it. I'm making her the wise guy for one specific reason. During the flashback scenes, Lucy is, she passes the third grade or whatever. I guess there's like four different grades uh, of a ghost fighter. She passes the third one and she walks into their joint room with a bottle of whiskey or scotch. <laughs> and, and she's like, and Nori's like, you don't want to be like your mother or Jacobs or any of the adults in this, this town. She's like, whatever, it's just a taste. And she takes the bottle from her and says, no, you have to be better than them. You cannot fall into the same traps that you see all of the adults in your life fall into. <laughs> she was like wise beyond her years in that well, moment. I thought it was great advice. I was like, yeah, your, your dad was an alcoholic. Your mother was an alcoholic. Our teacher is an alcoholic. Everyone in this town is kind of just shuffling through life. Don't do the same thing. Yeah. Do this instead. Be better. Nori would always have her ID and at least 50 pounds on her. So she wouldn't be considered a vagrant. Not a vagrant. That's my vote for wise guy. I, I, th- I think you're pretty, pretty spot on. It's, Side back to Mr. Jacobs. Oh, sure. Again, so this thing's been happening for 50 years, right? Yeah. So do you think that like he's just like he suffers from PTSD? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because that's what he used to do. Yeah. Like he used to do what they did and all his friends died. Like it reminds me, it reminded me kind of like while I was watching the episode and like he's drinking and they're making fun of him. That episode of DS9 where Garrick is like, I've always found it strange that humans don't want to be old because on Cardassia being old is considered it's like it's considered a status symbol it's like power because yeah. you outlived your enemies that's what I thought it's just like this dude it's like this dude probably has a really really messed up life yeah. and you oh, know yeah. he he has to drink to to you know ease the pain well not only that but I still mean, yeah, he lied well, he, in an official inquiry he did lie in an official inquiry <laughs> and blamed a teenage girl for his mistakes hysterics it's it's a minor plot point in a later episode. These kids have the ability to see the ghosts, sense them, fight them. Adults don't. And so they do slowly lose that ability as they mm. get older. So I think a combination I bet you a combination of losing a big part of who you are and 
the friends he lost along the way. I mean, when he when we first meet him, he says, "Well, I did lose a member of our agency, unfortunately, like the day before yesterday or last week or something like that." And it looks like she, referring to Lucy, looks like she would fit in his uniform. And I'm just like, so he's like in charge of these kids that die, right? Yeah. Like that that go into dangerous situations and don't always come out. And so yeah, I kind of get why he's messed up, but he doesn't own up to his mistakes at the end. Yeah. So he's like yeah. a less benevolent, like um. Do you remember um, Band of Brothers? The the not Band of Brothers. Um, Saving Private Ryan. That movie. Yeah. yeah. Tom Sizemore. Do I remember plays... that movie? What? Yeah. Wait a minute. One of the most famous war movies of all time. But like the Tom Sizemore plays Sergeant Horvath or whatever, and yeah. he's like this grizzled, like the the mother of the unit or whatever. He's like mm-hmm. a less friendly that guy. It just like takes no accountability. Yeah. He's just in, he's in charge of all these people and just doesn't care if they die. It's really well, sad. He, I mean, he's. Or maybe he cares too much. I don't know. I I would be very interested if I do ever end up reading the book. That's the character I'm interested in reading about the most is his backstory. I wonder if he ever comes back up. I know he's only in this pilot episode, it looks like, judging from the IMDb listings. But if mm-hmm. there is a season two, I wonder if we'll get more of him. Be interesting. Regardless, did <laughs> did you cast KG? Uh, no. Um, I don't have him in this first pilot episode. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know who I would make him either in this pilot. So, uh, you know what? The ghost skull in the jar. <laughs> it's just him. It's just <laughs> Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Just a prop. <laughs> mm. Just like just we used say. his likeness, I think, in the Dragonlance episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Awesome. Well, if anyone out there has recommendations for anything else we should watch and review, whether it's television, short film, independent film, uh, what have you, as long as it's science fiction or science fiction adjacent, like it was today, send it our way, sci-fiwiseguys at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on the social medias at sci-fiwiseguys um, and check out our Discord for suggestion channel there as well. Next week, we'll be reviewing the Netflix original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always. <laughs> I'm sure it will be good. I'm very excited. I, I'm medium excited about it. I'm medium excited about it. We'll see. We'll see. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And uh, <laughs> stay away from alcohol, kids. <laughs> stay away from alcohol. Don't raid the, your parents' liquor cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just don't do it. Yeah, stay in school (laughs) past the fourth grade. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. see the problem i see why my things keep changing what things keep changing my audio inputs oh because my focus right is the uh, usb cable stretched to the absolute limit that would do it and so every time i adjust my desk up or down it's like softly unseating itself mm. i assume i assume that's the problem i, I it could be just that i'm a complete idiot it's it can be more than one thing it's true